This is the Emergency Medical Minute, sponsored by Mile High Ambulance. The Emergency Medical Minute is excited to announce that we are now offering AMA, PRA, Category 1 credits via online course modules. To access these and for more information, visit our website at www.emergencymedicalminute.com backslash CME courses, or simply click on the link in our show notes and create an account. Hello, everyone. So I've just returned from the rural medical experience that I put myself through once a month or so, and uh, it's always something interesting. So I wanted to talk today about snake bites. So um, we're gonna talk about pit vipers. So what are pit vipers? <laughs> Rattlesnakes, which are our main problem in Colorado. Copperheads, if you're on the eastern half of the US, southern half, cottonmouth. And so basically all of those snakes have several things in common. How do you know if it's a rattlesnake or a pit viper? They have folding long fangs. I would anticipate that if you're close enough to see their folding long fangs, you might be too close. <laughs> they have triangular heads that abruptly transition to their body. They just look mean because they have those heat sensing pits right behind their face uh, on the front of their head and their pupils are elliptical. So if you see a bull snake and they have nice round pupils and you can just go up, love it, love it on up, you're safe. All right, basically poison control reports about 5,000 snake bites a year. Obviously probably not every snake bite gets reported to poison control, so hard to know exactly. But a really low death number uh, in children in the grand scheme of things. So four out of the 8,825 reported bites over the last five year period. Interestingly, I didn't know that rattlesnakes also don't live in Maine. So I knew Alaska and Hawaii were safe, but Maine is also a good option if you're a snakeophobe like me. So the venom is made up of over 50 toxins. It's a really complex substance. It's variable as to what they eat, where they live, seasonal variations, and also the different species of the different types of pit vipers. So what are the effects of snake bites? What's the first thing typically you'll see? Hurts. <laughs> Yeah, so you usually get swelling, a local reaction initially, right? So it can be bruising, swelling, redness, pain, um, all of those things. If it's uh, hemorrhagic, you can get bullae. About 40% of people with a real bite, essentially, or a severe bite, uh, would develop hematologic abnormalities. So you do check labs, right? So what are some of the labs you might want to check in this situation? Yeah, so you check PT fibrinogen levels. Um, it's all about clotting, right? So thrombocytopenia, look at all of those things. Rarely do people have life-threatening hemorrhage, however. It's not that common. Direct cardiovascular effects are you can get myocardial depression. You can also have hypotension because of increased capillary permeability and vasodilatory effects directly from the venom. And then you can also develop uh, just a direct reaction to the venom itself, so anaphylaxis and anaphylactoid reactions to the venom and basically develop angioedema and all, all the typical anaphylaxis symptoms. Um, neurotoxicity also, you get paresthesias progressing to myokemia. That's our $2 word for the day, M-Y-O. K-Y-M-I-A. It's a fasciculation of the smaller muscles of the upper extremities and face. And then, uh, worst case scenario, ascending paresis and airway impairment from muscular abnormalities. How many people develop severe symptoms from snake bites? So obviously, it's, it's kind of the all-comers. You can get dry bites. Some reports are up to 25% of bites are dry, so there's very little venom emitted. And so, you know, you can have minimal side effects from those, but serious side effects, about 20% of bites, all comers. Um, so that means those are the people that have to be treated.
Indications for treatment, if you have mild symptoms, you monitor. You monitor for up to 12 to 24 hours. The venom half-life is actually really long. It's like two weeks, literally. Um, so some of the venom components can stick around for a long time. So you do monitor patients for a long period of time before you determine them to be safe and, and not have any chance of having a systemic reaction. Um, moderate severe inflammations, um, swelling, bleeding complications, hemodynamic instability, neurosymptoms, all of those get treated. Does anyone want to venture a guess as to how much the treatment costs? So it's definitely somewhere between 20 and 20 million. So Crofab is the old antivenom, and that covers all of those types of pit vipers. It's $3,200 a vial wholesale cost, and the typical initial dosing is four to six vials. And then it has a half-life of about 15 hours, so you may have to redose these folks. So you can be talking in the tens of thousands of dollars for your treatment with Crofab. Um, the newest agent on the market, I read, I think it came out October of 2019, somewhere in that range, is 12, uh, sorry, $1,220 per vial. Your initial dose is 10 vials, but it doesn't require redosing, so it's kind of a $12,000 cost initially, and that's about it. So not inexpensive. And then uh, just a couple of other things. So how does it work? Anyone have a guess on how it's made? Right, so you inject the venom into either horses or sheep. So sheep is the crofab, horses uh, the anavip. And basically they produce IgG antibodies that are, uh, again, binding. So these fab fragments bind to the venom and you excrete it renally. And that's the treatment. It, again, may require repeat treatment with crofab and then really monitoring for secondary effects. So you can develop compartment syndrome, obviously persistent hypotension, neurologic symptoms. So have to monitor for all of those things for a protracted period of time with a severe envenomation. The Emergency Medical Minute would like to thank our sponsor, Swedish Medical Center, for helping fund our nonprofit organization and make this podcast possible. Donations are essential to our organization to cover operational costs and fund the creation of our online courses offering AMA PRA Category 1 credits. So if you enjoy our show, and if you're able to make a one-time or recurring donation towards our organization, any amount is helpful. Please click the link in our show notes to make a donation Thank you for listening.